Oh, we back, baby. We back. back. Here we go. It's uh, part two of Tim. What are we? Movies, me, my girlfriend's best friend's boyfriend, first annual Oscars pod, parentheses, our second episode. Oh, part two. Part two, baby. After a brief interlude where we housed some burgers. Some pretty shitty bergs. Shitty bergs. Shitty bergs. With that shreddy letty. Shreddy letty dog. <laughs> some Malort shots. Some true Chicago boys up in here right now. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. We had to take a Chicago. We uh, basically were drinking like Schlitz beer too. That's so. yeah. What was it? Uh, Special import? Special, yeah, something. I don't know. know. They just called it literally on the menu a shitty beer. Yeah. With two Ds, not two Ts. Shitty beer. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. And it worked. It was great. Yeah. But we're having a lovely time. We're back. We've talked about some supporting actors, actresses, some directors. Um, So it's time to get into the lead performances here. Oh, Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Our best boys. Our best boys, our best gals. Some movies we've talked about, some movies we have yet to talk about. But I've got some... I've got some we'll start with that we haven't talked about yet in the best actress category. Ooh. Um, And let's talk first about... uh, Maybe I'll say, yeah, I'm kind of going on the flyer. There's a few that are in contention, but... Oh, boy. I'll say that I really liked... uh, Anya Taylor-Joy's performance in Last Night in Soho. Enough where I feel like this movie that I really loved until the third act. Mm. Um, mm. And then where I think it like it wasn't just like a mishap. I think it like completely falls apart to the point where I was like, <laughs> okay. Uh, but I think like her, I think she's like perfectly cast. She had a great year after like... Um, what was the Netflix show? Queen's Gambit. Queen's Gambit, that's what it was. Yeah. And like, um, yeah, I don't know. I think like the first two acts of that movie have such like a, it's it's very much like a music, like there's a lot of choreography in the movement and like the dancing and it's really fun. Oh, yeah. And I think like her character is supposed to be like showing our other lead character like this is the way of like a confident woman. <clears throat> In the, oh, like, okay. And I think it really flows well. I think her chemistry with everybody on screen is really good. With like Thomas and McKenzie, with Matt Smith, like mm-hmm. all of it worked well. And um, I just figured this was probably the only chance I was going to get to talk about that movie. And I figured it was it's worth a mention because I think a lot of people enjoyed yeah. it, and I did too. I just wish. Oh, I wish they had thought through beyond just like that Edgar Wright clearly wanted to make like he loves making music inspired sequences and like mm-hmm. like baby drivers a lot to do with them with the music like Shaun of the Dead has sequences where it's like yeah we're gonna play a song that he loves and basically create a scene around it yeah and I think this does that too but in probably his most like successful way where it's like tying directly into like the music and the choreography like there's Sequences where basically uh, Anya Taylor-Joy and Thomas and McKenzie are like looking in mirrors and having to mimic one another. And they yeah. film those 
through like a see-through glass. Yeah. Where and like, like they just were green doing the that choreography yeah. together. It's bonkers. And I think like it's worth watching just for that. Like the first hour I think is really entertaining and great. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know it falls apart, but I think she's worth a mention. Yeah. I, um, I'm glad you brought it up because I was in my list of asides to just have a chat about, about like yeah. what, like I'll, I'll preface it with this. My question is more like, well, yeah, what exactly happened? Cause I feel like it's probably one of my, along with at world's end, which I still enjoyed. And this one I still enjoyed as well, but it's like definitely the weakest of the Edgar Wrights in my opinion. And I think it's because it was too like singularly focused, like you said, on like him just wanting to like do certain things. And it was like, but it kind of lost the point at some, at some, at some point it lost its own point. So it was like, I completely agree. It didn't lean far enough into what I think it really wanted to be, which is like, which was like a Gaio, like slasher cinema thing like it had all these elements of those movies but just wasn't that it was its own thing and for that usually i'd be like oh yeah it's totally its own thing i was talking i was just prattling on about like a director's singular vision and it's like this is still that but it just really missed the mark for me whereas like i was sitting there watching it and it's like i I was continually waiting for it to be better and it just wasn't it was just really upsetting because i love edgar wright yeah i feel like maybe to your point about seeing a director's singular vision which he very much has also hang on before you finish i'm gonna do this for uh, i have to edit this it's giallo not gallo and i don't know why i said it that way so i'm gonna i'm gonna giallo I'm going to edit that. Well, I knew what you were talking about, and I didn't know (laughs) the correct way to pronounce it either, so I just let it slide. Nice. All right. Okay. To your point, yeah, like about a a director's singular vision, I think Edgar Wright has that, but I think in this movie he has two separate visions that he's trying to mount. Like, it very much wants to be like the slasher movie, which it ultimately ends up becoming in a way. Mm -hmm. Like, there are elements of it earlier on, but I think earlier on, it, it it almost feels like he wants to make an homage to like fifties and sixties, like big orchestra score. Mm. Like it's about the choreography, like movement and dance in it, mm-hmm. and that has such like a fluffy element to it. Even though, like, yeah, mm-hmm. you you get some of the CD characters early on, you know, something's like a a bit off but it's still not the tone that it ends up like becoming in the third act Mm -hmm. and so i think like he had a singular vision for it overall but i think it was like two big ideas Mm -hmm. of like genres that he wanted to conquer and he tried to meld them into one movie and i think maybe that's why yeah the like not it's not i mean it's a twist in a way but it's just like more like the turn that it takes in the last third i'm like doesn't fully line up with what came before and I was having mm-hmm. such a good time watching what came before and yeah it, it wasn't true you keep waiting for like oh where's this gonna go is it going to be something 
like I'm wait. It feels like it's about to become something like great and big. Yeah, but it never fully mm-hmm. hits that. And then no. the direction it does take is kind of a letdown. And um, I I was a bit disappointed overall as well. Yeah. But I think it's still worth watching for certain aspects and like definitely, especially at home. I feel like oh yeah, you put this on. It's not over long. Like no. the music's great. Yeah, the performances are really good. It's like highly entertaining. Yeah, and it just doesn't mean a whole. Well, actually, I take it back. Finish it. I keep cutting you off, but like no, I think it's just like yeah, it doesn't ultimately amount to a lot of anything. It was like okay, there were some like great set pieces, some good performances. Yeah. The third act feels like it wasn't fully thought through mm-hmm. and a bit clunky and a bit like it's one of those fix it in the script the moments. Yeah. yeah it was like, <laughs> it feels like it, the end tries to become some, come something so big mm-hmm. where like the first hour you're like, there's a story here and it's fun. And like mm-hmm. you're moving around and you're like, okay, how is, are these flashbacks? Is she like mm-hmm. seeing something in the mirror? Like what's going on? Mm-hmm. And then, like the third act, you're like, "This is way over the top." And like, there are little things too. Like, they keep showing other characters you see earlier on, and you're like, "Okay, they'll like end up playing a big role or something." And then it just like nothing happens with them, and I'm just yeah. kind of like, "It didn't feel." It felt like they had a great premise, mm-hmm. and the last thirty minutes are just like, "We don't really know how to end it. Let's like basically just like burn it all down and make something insane." Yeah. Almost quite literally, uh, yeah. if you haven't seen the movie. But like, there also there's these like horror elements uh, that creep in there, and they just kind of wear out their welcome and like stop being scary. Whereas like when they first show up, you're like, whoa, that's really eerie. Yeah. But they they again, yeah, to your to what you're saying, it's like, oh, okay, we don't know how to end this. We're just gonna double down on these things we've introduced before, and freaking burn it all down yeah i think they kind of go like like, full horror at the end yeah and you're right like they work so well in like little doses earlier on like they're so creepy they like they constantly remind you that like something sinister is happening yeah and then when they like go full into it Mm -hmm. it loses it's like any sort of scariness Mm -hmm. or like anything to it and you're like okay now everything's like kind of out in the open and it's not yep as terrifying or like not, a, but like some of the imagery I think is like genuinely terrifying and like sticking with me. But, uh, yeah, it was worth mentioning. Yeah. I definitely, um, I definitely say see it if we're doing the whole like see it or skip it. Yeah, thing. definitely I, see it. I, I no, know, I'm with you too. It. And I, it, because it is like unique yeah. and, and I think it's just this kind of, I don't want to call it a failure, but I definitely was so like disappointed because I think Edgar Wright stuff is always like genre bending as much as I don't really like that term because it's like, I think things should just be what they are and they don't necessarily have to adhere to certain things. There's expectations that need to be met if you're, if you're making a certain type of movie, but also I don't think you should have to be, have to like be praised for being like genre bending to make like something unique. I think things should just kind of stand on their own. But with somebody like Edgar Wright, who is obviously trying to play homage to things or trying to recreate certain aesthetics, there are certain rules you got to play by or certain expectations that are like built up. So with, you know, if you miss those marks, the audience is going to notice because automatically you're setting them up 
to expect certain things. And then when you miss those marks, it's just that much more obvious. And I think that's why it's such a tricky thing to do. And it's cool. He keeps doing it, but it's like, you know, <laughs> yeah, it is cool. Um, Sorry. The cats are yeah, trying yeah, to uh, cats rain on our out. parade. Yeah. Um, um, but if yeah, that makes yeah. any sense. That's a little bit. It of does. No, I, yeah. I agree. That's why I like, I love Edgar Wright's movies because it, it, they are, they feel more original and like, mm-hmm. He clearly he's has. allowed any amount of misfires because he just keeps Definitely. doing whatever. And like he a wants. lot of yeah. this movie works, mm-hmm. unfortunately, it doesn't like all come together. So yeah, if yeah. we're doing a theater skip, it it's definitely worth see definitely it. seeing it. Hundred yeah. um, percent. Okay, another movie that we won't maybe probably not get another chance to talk about because I yeah I don't think you liked it as much as I did. Oh, but I'm gonna talk about this is like a cop out because it's two performances in one, but I think that like. This is my time now to talk about Kristen Wiig and Annie Mumolo and Barb and Star. That's on my list to chat about. Okay. Because I think, like, uh, one of the better, like, comedies last year, I've seen it twice now, and it the second, like, I forgot about how many throwaway jokes there are in the movie where I'm like, this is so... Like, one of my favorite bits is when they're just, like, they first meet a guy in the bar, and they ask him what room he's in, and he says, like, 312, and they're like, oh, Oh my God, we're in one fifteen, and you're like, "That's it's so dumb," and that's basically like the entire movie, and I love it, and I think like the two of them, I'm like, I don't oh know, comedy comedy movies don't often get like their due for performances, but they did write it too, like they know each other's performing style and mm. sense of humor oh, yeah. so well that it just like works perfectly, and. It didn't quite make my top 10, so I just wanted a place to talk about it, and I figured I would throw it in here. So you can, yeah. Frankly, I don't I don't know why you thought I didn't like it as much as you did, because I do love Barb and Star. That's a good point. I don't know uh, why I assume that either. Because I hate cool stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Matt's too serious. Historically, I just don't like anything cool. Um, no, like... I don't know if you realize how many times I like that movie enters my brain because of, again, some of those jokes that could seem like throwaway, but like at one point I can't remember if it's Barb or star who compares the other, but they're like, you're like top of the line. You're like Kirkland brand. <laughs> and one of them goes like Kirkland, like in their very like Midwest accent. Yep. And I say that all the time. Like, I don't know why. Big Costco like, guy over Kirkland? here. And I don't even have a Costco membership. Wow. <laughs> I don't we're even just, shop at Costco. We're just thinking, of, okay, <laughs> I got to bring this up. I think somebody, somebody recently brought this up and apparently... They said this, and I'm still skeptical, that Costco brand vodka is just Grey Goose. Whoa. Yeah. And okay. I didn't look it up afterwards, but I was like, that seems nuts. The reason I don't think that's that nuts is because... No vodka tastes good, <laughs> so you can't really tell. <laughs> For me, I'm like, it's all kind of bad. It. As we sit as here, we're as we're drinking vodka, vodka. Yeah. yeah. So, but mostly I just taste some amount of alcohol of an ambiguous sort and pomplamoose. Is it pomplamoose? It's pomplamoose Lacroix La we got in here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. They all kind of taste the same. But that's so. The reason that it doesn't sound nuts to me is because there was this taste test done, like a blind taste test that went around the internet for a while, where like. Grey Goose, Belvedere, Smirnoff, and a couple other brands are like pitted against each other, and Smirnoff won. 
and it was all to prove a point that like people can like they I don't know if this is still a thing, but people are like, I'm a great goose man or like I'm a Belvedere person, like, you know, whatever. And it just went to show that like they were strictly buying in on the brand and like they could not tell the difference and actually preferred like the middle tier whatever Smirnoff rate says. So that doesn't surprise me. Okay, I mean, that you know, it kind of makes the joke a little funnier, too, if it's like. Kirkland, because Kirkland? Kirkland is Grey Goose, then it is high end. <laughs> then it is high end. But yeah, no, that movie, very funny. Um, Seagull on a tire. Can you hear my prayer? <laughs> <laughs> I almost had Jamie Dornan in like best, best supporting, supporting actor, actor. <laughs> uh, but I just like couldn't quite do it because I figured we should talk about Jared Leto there instead. But dude, I mean, good call. But I just have to reiterate the fact that like Barb and Star is exactly my brand of humor. If not, I don't even know if they pushed it far enough for my taste. No, but like, it could have. Wow. They, they, I, I hesitate to say they nailed it because of that, but like there's so much there that I'm just like, they're just doing exactly whatever they want to do. And it's so much better than most comedies nowadays. Like yeah. the reason I put it on my list, like to just have a chat about is cause like comedies nowadays, like, let's talk about that. Like, not that funny, most of them. Not that funny, because no. they don't do anything crazy or that unique. Like, the ones that are really successful to me, like, one I just watched was Shiva Baby. Yeah. No, I, I have that to Daring. talk about as well. Oh, perfect. We'll talk about it later. But, like, yeah. it's either that, I feel, which is, like, extremely like a crazy, dark, dark awkward, comedy. Like an awkward yeah. situational where yes. like you feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So like you kind of laugh to help with mm-hmm. that unease. Yeah. Um, but then there's Barb and Star, yeah. which is like Austin Powers-esque. And it very much is like, if you see it, like it is. It, 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 they're not hiding that at all. It's like there, there's a weird supervillain element and like yeah. Austin Powers like gadgetry and crap like it's it's, it's very awesome powersy and it's like i don't know i can't think of stuff maybe i'm just not watching as the same kind of movies as i was back in the day but at the same time i'm like i just don't think that's that common anymore you know? i don't think so either i think because it's like i don't know it's this weird barb and star especially is like such a strange blend of what feels absurdist yeah it's absurdist it feels weirdly wholesome even though a lot of the jokes are still like pretty vulgar and like but because it's like the two of them Mm -hmm. are supposed to be like yeah two like best friends from the midwest who are incredibly like naive and like they go to vista del mar and it's like their greatest vacation like that's yeah just venturing outside of like what club are they in it's I, I the don't. talking club. It's like they oh just, yes, they're in a talking club with their friends where they like just pick a topic, pick a topic to talk about, and you cannot stray from that. Yeah, topic. and like they, lo- yeah. yeah, it's 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 all like so. It absurdist, is in a way. but it's yeah. like yeah, there's like weirdly, it's like feels weirdly wholesome. Where like I would have no problem recommending this to like anybody because like okay at the worst case you're not finding it funny but i feel like there Mm -hmm. are a lot of comedies where like i would never tell like my mom to watch this or like yeah but you'd be offended i'm like i'll tell my mom to watch this and she did watch it and was like it was 
insane and like I didn't quite get all of it, but it was very funny. Like she enjoyed yeah. it overall. And like, yeah, I just, yeah, I don't know. There's not a ton of great comedies being made anymore. I don't know why. Maybe it's because they're afraid. Like this does push the premise and like the, it keeps one upping itself and like the absurdity, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like you're saying almost to a point where like, as you get towards the end, you're like, keep going. Like keep you can going. Keep, just keep going. going. It won't matter. And just it, keep going. And yeah. they do kind of like, they don't yeah. fully come back to reality, mm-hmm. but they don't like fully. Keep, yeah. Like it does kind of outstay its welcome, but not that much. Because yeah. overall it's like, I, you know, I will rewatch it and be like, it was yeah. a movie too, where I like, watched five or 10 minutes of this and it's so absurd Mm -hmm. that I immediately was like, I think I have to get high right now. Like I was like, (laughs) I was like, I don't, I was like, I think I like to get on this wavelength. Like I need to just be in a state of mind where like the absurdity of it, like I'm not thinking about the reality of the situation. Yeah. And also like, I'm somebody that I like don't smoke a ton. I love to like watch something funny like i need i like to use it as an escape to like laugh and like i still very much have that like early on in my life like high where i'm like i equate it to like laughing with my friends and Mm -hmm. watching ridiculous like youtube videos and stuff Mm -hmm. and so i knew like barb and star would make me feel that way Mm -hmm. and it absolutely did and like even when i rewatched it i was like it's still so funny like Dude, so many little Richard lines. Richard Cheese like, makes an yeah, appearance. Richard with, with he can, he just sings a song about boobs, and it's just yeah, like we quote just, it all the time. And being like, like we're gonna put yeah, Richard Cheese singing a song called "I Love Boobies" in <laughs> the foyer of like a fancy hotel, like because there's always just like some idiot playing the piano yeah. when you walk into like yeah. a ritzy hotel bar or something, uh, uh, and like every person they like. And, um, yeah, Andy Garcia, like, makes an appearance as Tommy Bahama. Oh, my God. Which is, like, <laughs> so stupid. Like, yeah. just stuff like that that made me really love. And then they're love. talking about They're like, you met Tommy Bahama? Yeah, like, as if, like, the shirts yeah. Tommy Bahama were, like, based on a on a designer and a person called Tommy Bahama. Like, mm-hmm. and we both love Dumb Which is names, our brand. Right? That's, yeah. That's our, yeah, that's our brand. So, yeah, that's great. Um, you know... Before we stray too far from it, I think you hit on something like about maybe why comedies are having a tough time right now and like why maybe it's really hard to make a good comedy is because maybe it's the state of like where we're at right now with like media where you said it, you're like, oh, I feel like I had to get high for this. And it reminded me of, you know as soon as I did, it reminded me of like, Oh, watching YouTube videos and stuff with my friends. Like that's where we're at now where it's like, you can get like pound for pound laughs, like through so many different avenues, like on the internet now, whether it's YouTube, Instagram, like anything in such high concentrated, small doses to where it's like, if you're talking about an hour and a half movie, that's now expected to keep that level of entertainment that's so that's such a high bar when we're used to getting these like serotonin pushes from 10 seconds maybe on like a crazy YouTube video or Instagram or TikTok or whatever like we're just we crave that at that 
rate right now. And maybe that has something to do with why making like an absurd, even an absurdist comedy is like tough. Like the gold standards for me for like absurdist comedy would be like 30 rock. Like they pack so much into like, like every less line, than, every line is a joke. Every and it line keeps getting more ridiculous. Yes. Like, Yes. Yes. And There's that's never a comeback yeah. down to reality. It's like exactly my only combat to like this character is to be more yeah ridiculous than than that exactly. character. Yeah. Just when you think they're like this is insane, like you know Tracy Jordan will deliver some line that's like I thought I was doing this, but it turns out I was doing this, and it's even more insane yeah. than what you thought he was gonna say. Like the setups like trick you into thinking like they're about to say something that they just one up themselves. Yeah. And it's like Barb and star, like it's headed that direction, but it's just like, again, it's like you go full in, you got to go full in and it's like, they do it a lot, but it's like, there's still this like need for like, just, just go for it. Just go more. Yeah. Just go more, you know? Yeah. It's interesting. Like you can't really end a movie on like an absurd like you do have to kind of wrap the plot up in a movie in yeah. a way you don't in a sitcom where yeah. like, okay, this movie's an hour and a half long. Like mm-hmm. has something to has off. to happen at the end where you're like, mm-hmm. now it's over. Yeah. So I think it does like suffer from that a little bit, mm-hmm. but I think like for a majority of the movie, they do just keep getting more and more absurd. Definitely. I mean, there's and like talking just, crabs. Yeah. There's, like like, there's music, an entire musical number. Yeah. A, <laughs> yeah. Just like, a couple there's yeah. a couple like yeah. yeah and like every time you think a character comes in who's like gonna be a bit more like straight laced they after like five minutes are just like i'm intoxicated by like this barb and star energy and they become mm-hmm. equally as ridiculous yes um, yeah yeah and so i think it, it really it's a great little film and i think the two of them as far as like comedy performers go this year, like really stood out. To me. Mm-hmm. Also in the time that it was released. Um, yes. I have to say that it is still mid like pandemic. Nothing was open, right? Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. And it was, I want to say it was just grossly still winter or something like that. I think I feel I like it remember. was like, yeah, last February or something where like, yeah, yeah we're just in sh- stuck inside. Yep. And then this thing comes out and we rent it and, you know, we watch it together and like texting or whatever back and forth. I yeah. We were still we're having still to still do the like texting group. the yeah. text group. Like we're going to start a movie at the same time yep. and we can text and like, yeah. Yep. And if it's this like candy coated, like sugary piece of cinema or whatever, that's just like, it's bright. It takes place in a warm place. It's like very, very much like what, you wanted right at that moment too, which is cool. And like, I've seen it again since then, like out of that kind of like awfulness and it's still great. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, I watched it like a month ago and was like, yeah, "Yeah, this is still fucking hilarious. Mm -hmm. Um, all right. Two that I'll just run through quickly because we've already talked about the movies briefly was, uh, honor Swinton burn and the souvenir part two, who's like, the souvenir part one, which you've seen, yeah, she's like mm-hmm. an early film student, yeah, um, like in a relationship with an older guy, trying mm-hmm. to like find her way. In the second one, she's working on her like graduate thesis film, mm-hmm. and I think she just like absolutely nails the uncertainty, the like complete fear of being a grad student or like any student about to finish and be like, what do I do with this? And like, what Mm -hmm. do I do next? 
um, in a way that I felt was like pretty brilliant and relatable. And I think again, like, yeah, I think Alana Heim was really good in licorice pizza, even though the movie doesn't stand out well. Like she was really good though. I wasn't yeah. expecting a ton, I guess. Cause she was like, you know, a first time actress. Um, but I really enjoyed that. But my like hands down, Number one was uh, Renata Reinsfra and the worst person in the world, Amazing. which I think just like great. Yeah. Great movie overall. But she's in like every frame of the movie, I think almost yeah, entirely. Just about, yeah. yeah. And she has to like, it's so easy for people to sort of like fall you know, out of love with that character or feel like it becomes unrelatable or feel like they're just like unlikable. But the reality is like, it's such a, it's such a well-written film, first of all, to like the story of like people trying to find their way in like work and relationships and like everything in like their late twenties, early thirties. And it, it probably hits because like, yeah, we're recently like both of us are recently out of those t- like, mm-hmm. and still in a lot of ways trying to figure it out. Um, but I think like she just kind of clearly has like a vivacity and like a, a sort of energy and like forward momentum, even if that character's momentum is never like fully going in one direction. Like it's a lot of stop and start and like, yeah, she just makes that character incredibly relatable and likable and like has to balance um, like absurd situations with mm-hmm. then like incredible like melodrama of like. Yeah. Like yeah. that film gets it sways. It, it hits yeah. the full spectrum of emotion. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, she's in every frame. She, it's it's her movie. Yeah. Way more than like any other movie I've seen this year. Like that lead performance really controls like the entire tone and atmosphere of the film itself. Again, begging the question why she's not nominated. No, it's bonkers. It's crazy. Uh, The Oscars are getting slightly better with nominating foreign language films for awards, but mm -hmm. it still tends to be like in the either writing and directing awards. Mm -hmm. It's still, they feel, I think it's still like a struggle for them to write or to nominate actors and actresses who are like speaking in a foreign tongue for whatever reason. True. Um, which like, it's fair enough. Like especially things that have some comedy elements in them. Like if you don't understand the language, unfortunately you can't, you don't pick up on like every Mm -hmm. nuance of like the tone of something because Mm -hmm. yeah, you're just reading the subtitles and you get the tone from the scene. But like, I think a lot of it is lost and oftentimes you watch a foreign movie and you're like, that was great. Mm -hmm. I'm like struggling a little bit to pick out what was great about it. Mm. So it must be the story itself. So like, let's give it a writing Oscar. Like, yeah, it's nominated for original screenplay or sometimes it's like, great. This will be nominated in best picture and it will definitely win foreign film. Mm -hmm. But like, that's enough. Yeah. Uh, And so I think, I think too with the a lot of times with acting categories they want to award people that they've seen multiple times and like they know who they are and she's a relatively like a relative newcomer. Yeah, I don't think especially I've ever seen to her like in anything. Yeah, yeah, um Hollywood movies and like mm-hmm. movies recognized in the states but 
yeah, I just really thought that was an incredible performance. Yeah. Incredible movie, incredible performance yeah. for sure. Wow. Do you have any other lead nominations you want to suggest or are we kind of in agreement? Outliers, I'd say, well, okay, I'll ask you this. Out of the, I have a few I want to talk about, but like out of the five nominated, who's your pick? Oh, that's a great question. If you had to pick. I mean, I like, she wasn't, I was like, she's not. I don't think anyone that I talked about was nominated, right? So I don't think so. I would probably give it to like Olivia Coleman from The Lost Daughter. That's my favorite. It's hard to be like three in a row, like I know, but, but she's still, just so good in that. It's ridiculous, yeah. Um, that like, yeah, I'm kind of like hands down. I think nice. Uh, is Penelope Cruz nominated? Mm-hmm. I think she's really good in Parallel Mothers, but yeah, I don't know. I definitely, it's like the lost daughter, Olivia Coleman and like Jesse Buckley, who we talked about earlier, it's their movie. Yeah. And so much of it is that balance between like the two, those two characters, like the younger and older version of the same character. Yeah. And I think it's like probably rare that people, like they're nominated for the same role essentially. Oh yeah, which is interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. And like, yeah. I would, if I had the choice, probably just give it to both of them. Yeah, because <laughs> that I think that if movie is just like so. Oscars, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think of the people nominated, I would I would give it to Olivia Coleman. Yeah, I would say so as well. I would say I really did like Kristen Stewart's performance in Spencer, even though I really didn't like the movie itself that much. But I think she was really. I don't know anything about. Princess Diana but I feel like with that movie I didn't necessarily didn't need to I think they did a really good job with that but it was because it was more of like a slice of life kind of biopic yeah. if you want to call it like that. a very boring slice of life it, exactly and that's I was like <laughs> she is really good she's but it's really good. so boring yeah it's really cool to look at I yeah. love the way it was filmed it's I think it was filmed on like 16 millimeter and it was like very like grainy and looked of the time it was supposed to look and the aesthetic was cool. The costumes are cool. Um, she was really great. It was very like human, but then it was like, God, just nothing. No. Not, yeah. Didn't do, didn't do anything for Agreed. me, you know, but she was that being said, I mean, the fact that I think she was like, Oh, it was pretty good. Like that says something. So I would say that's worth mentioning. And then I'm just looking at the other, um, nominees and I, again, like Nicole Kidman's cool, but like, being the Ricardos was if we could like talk about that for like a hot second. I'm like, I, I was very entertained, but even from like the first like couple minutes, I think it was especially the beginning that really threw me. Whereas like the rest of the movie, I wasn't too put off, but like I watched the first couple minutes of the movie. I was like, I can see why people are like, fuck this movie. Like Aaron Sorkin's up in his own ass because it was just like, it's very, um, it's just overly Sorkin-y. And I think if, yeah, it, I don't know if that means anything to anybody, it's, but it's just like very, uh, very over the top, uh, hamming it up stage play type dialogue and acting and stuff like that. I, I don't know. I just, it's almost the like opposite of drive my car in that sense where we talked about drive my car as a movie that felt prestigious but not like it was pandering for awards Mm -hmm. or being the Ricardo's feels a movie. That's like, we have like one of the most, uh, like awarded 
screenplay writers like mm-hmm. making the script. We have like a bunch of the best actors working like working these roles, like Nicole yeah. Kidman, Javier Bardem, J.K. Simmons. You're yeah. like, oh, like oh, okay, and it's about Ricky Ricardo and Lucille Ball, and yeah. you're like, oh, you're like Desi yeah. Arnaz and Lucille Ball, and you're yeah. like, okay, this is about old Hollywood too. Yeah in a way where you're like, this is shit that like the Oscars eat up, but it's, it's just like none of it ever fully works. And you're just kind of like, yeah, left at the end of it being like, I mean, everybody I like, I like everyone in this movie, yeah. but it's just kind of like, I had some engaging bits. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like what you were saying <laughs> there, do you watch uh, like honest trailers at all? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, the year that like La La Land was nominated or whatever, like they just they went through all the nominations and they were just like, you know, said exactly what they are and they called La La Land Hollywood hand job. <laughs> and I feel like that's kind of what Ricardo like being yeah. Ricardo's is like. It's kind of like, just this like is here the you prestige. Go. We're going to win yeah. something mm-hmm. and I hope exactly. they don't win anything. Yeah. But that's great. Cool. We will move on then to the best actors where let's see. Okay, we talked about a couple, so I can run through them briefly. I do. I feel weird like nominating Bradley Cooper twice and not giving him the win in either one. But I think like again, Nightmare Alley. I think his performance is so. It was honestly, I'm not someone that I think like has loved Bradley Cooper, and then I saw him in Nightmare Alley, and I was like, oh yeah, he is like a movie star, very much so. And I think it's worth you know throwing out there. I think. Hidetoshi Nishijima and Drive My Car is really great. Um, but that's a movie we talked about too, where like, yes, every part of it feels incredibly well made, mm-hmm. well acted. Like yeah. it's a it's a very dramatic performance. Like that character's going like through it in a way yeah. where like there it's loaded. Yeah. It Everything is loaded. has to be and like he's reserved. He's not incredibly talkative, so it has to yeah. like all be in like his facial reactions and like a lot of his just like his physicality in that um mm-hmm. and then yeah i mean we got to just talk about come on come on again because it's i was just critically about to say that. I'm like, well, I'm and joaquin phoenix you know. yep. is pretty amazing in it and like yep. reminding everybody that he's not just a guy that can play like villainous crazy characters like yeah his character is has so much heart and like so much patience and like a person where you can see you see the exhaustion growing on their face but it's never like angry exhaustion it's like how do i like i love these people in my life that i'm Mm -hmm. helping like he's he's watching his nephew for his sister who's dealing with like another personal like uh difficulty in like her life with her ex-husband and and you see him like becoming exasperated and exhausted by like learning like how to take, he's not a parent himself and he's having to take care of like, I don't know, the kid's probably what, like 10 years old. Yeah. Something like that. Yep. And, uh, he's just so good. Yeah. It's it's like, yeah, the fact that I just don't get it anymore. I don't know. why. Yeah. It's like, okay, great. Like he, (laughs) he did, he played a guy who's like relatively nice and like patient and, you're like, no, I'm sorry. You didn't like, you know, lose a bunch of weight or you didn't mm-hmm. like go crazy. Like mm-hmm. this role didn't like drive you insane. You didn't like mm-hmm. method act your way to something. I'm like, yeah, no, but he deserves in- a lot of credit for that because yeah, in lesser yeah. hands, it's just like, it's a fine movie, but like 
because him and Mike Mills who directed it and like the casting of the kid the kid's a great actor too like yeah great kid acting performance in it. like really amazing incredible. and like yeah. the chemistry the two of them have as yeah. like you totally buy that he's like the uncle that they haven't spent a lot of time together and like the kid's grown up without really any sort of male figures in his life that have been like incredibly prominent and and Joaquin Phoenix is trying to reconcile with that while also like now having to be there for that kid like 24 mm-hmm. 7 and it works incredibly well I'm just quickly uh, Joker was Joker his first best actor nominee or no or best actor win or no it was his his first win yeah oh. I, or no 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 I think he won for I think he won for supporting actor for Gladiator Oh man, another great role. But like both of those roles, he's basically playing uh, the, the worst villain, like a horrendous piece of crap ever. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's like, oh, he plays like a nice guy now, and we're like, eh, it's just a nice guy. But yeah. it's like, no, this is an incredibly complex, like emotional performance, and he he absolutely nails it. Okay. Um, I just yeah, I just wondered if that was his first. Uh, win. Maybe that was his first win. But anyways, whatever. It's all right. Um, but yeah, so that was worth cool. talking about. I think uh, a movie we haven't brought up yet, but uh, Simon Rex and Red Rocket. Oh, man. Which, like, I love Red Rocket. <laughs> I did, you know. And it's an, it was great. I don't yeah. know if I got entirely what was the oh. everything about it, but it was superb yeah just like <laughs> highly high high big recommend for yeah. me yep um yeah i think he's great in that and then but this is like and this is kind of like a cop out we can argue if this is like a movie or not but my best actor is actually bo burnham in inside uh <laughs> Because a, I just yeah, like I mean, he, I mean, it's hard. Like he does everything tough. in that movie, yeah. And that that like was basically the soundtrack for like a lot of the that quarantine period once it came out. And like, yeah, I think he's just somebody that channels like that anxiety over like the internet mm-hmm. era and like mm-hmm. growing up as somebody with like one foot, like you know when he grew up, like he, I think he's my, he's 31 or 32, like basically my age. And it's like, we grew up with half of our life without the internet. Mm -hmm. And then, but our, most of our formative years still had like cell phones and like prominent, Mm -hmm. like not the, we grew up with the internet, but like social media. Mm -hmm. And he somehow like feels that anxiety of like wanting to not have to deal with it at all. Yeah. But also knowing that his life is entirely online. Yeah. Uh, and, and was. And like, like, you're like, oh, he's just a comedian and like a sing, like, you know, he writes these songs, but like, the more I think about Inside and the more I've like watched it, I'm like, this is, it's obviously every part of it is a performance and he's choosing. Mm-hmm. Those emotions, I think, are partly genuine, but I think he's also knows he's acting and like, yeah. And I think that's, I think he's that good. Yeah. For some yeah. reason I'm like, that's just the one I keep coming back to. I'm like, this is just so mm-hmm. good. And like, yeah, it's a one man show. It's a bit pretentious, it's a bit showy, but like Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I guess I I don't see it as pretentious just because I think it's like seeing it through the lens of like uh instead of a you know, a pretentious like I'm the star of the show kind of thing, it's more or less like a souped up 
comedy special. Like, and looking at it through that lens, it's like, oh, this is like one of the best comedy specials ever because it's not just a comedy special. It's his own thing, you know? It's emotional with comedy and songs and all of that and a bag of chips, you know? Yeah. I think, yeah. So that's it. So if you have any others you want to throw in there, I think if we're going to talk about maybe, yeah, because I, again, did not mention any of the nominees. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I, a lot of those performances I do like. Yeah. I could talk about a few of those uh, only to say that. Oh, yeah, because I have not seen King Richard. That's the one mm, that I have yeah. not seen yet that I'm like, I probably should have tried to before this because it's Will right. Smith is, I think, the front runner for the Oscar at yeah. the moment. Really? That's actually Will good. Smith that's good general. to know because, um, wait, you said he is the front runner? Yeah, just won the SAG Award. He's like, he's. I think the odds have him as like the number one. Like he's the guy in position to win. Out of these nominees, man, I want to say it's probably, like he's probably my pick. Um, he's really, really good because it hit the character is really like just endearing, but also abrasive. And many times while watching it, like we were looking at each other being like, Oh my God, this guy just wants to get punched in the face. Like what is it? <laughs> oh, what is he doing? But at the same time, you're like, he is so like, he transforms into that character. Like he's really yeah. good. And that's hard to do because he's Will Smith. Yes. He's you know? so famous. Yeah. I mean, this is the guy who made yeah. big, uh, big Willie style <laughs> as my brother called big Smithy smile one time. <laughs> so I, that's why I had trouble with, it. but I'm like, I mean, Will Smith fucking rules. When we went to get our COVID-19 vaccinations, we literally were listening. Dude, it was the Willennium. We were listening to the Willennium on the way there because it was like, we need to feel what's, we're like, what's the most hyped time yeah. like in How our lives? I, and we're like, well, in 1999, people hyped. were getting pretty wild about the Millennium. And yeah. then Will Smith dropped Will 2K on him. <laughs> And so, he like, had to do it, Will Smith is somebody that, like, for our entire lifetime has been so famous for so many different reasons. Like, mm-hmm. um, and so I think people are very happy to see him there. And I, like, that's like, that is a movie I do, I will watch yeah. before the Oscars, but it's very good. Oh, also, a side note with King Richard. Oh, yeah. I feel like it's a testament to how, like, uh, Will Smith is a vampire that, like, he is old and they had to make him look old in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, because he's not, yeah. He doesn't look old at all. No. But in the movie, he, a little bit. They're like, well, age, yeah, you got to yeah. age him up, even though, like, yeah, he is yeah. theoretically the same age as the person he's playing. I, d- he I, don't, I didn't even know, age. but like, they show the original guy at the end. And I'm like, oh, they were very kind. <laughs> you know? Nice. But um, yeah, so he's great. The other one I would say, like, okay, better than a Cumberbatch of Power of the Dog. Uh, I, yeah, good. I mean, pretty good. I wouldn't say best actor by any means. Yeah. Like, for this, in in this round of contenders. For sure. Javier Bardem, I don't know. I mean, he's cool, but I don't know what they're thinking. Yeah. Um, Denzel, always great. Tragedy Macbeth. Dang. Like, that movie, like, I actually got more into it the more it went on. Whereas, like, I was like kind of on the fence when it started and kind of in the middle. I was like, I just, it's really artsy. Like, it's really like picturesque in like a, they filmed it in black and white at like an art museum kind of way. Like, so they shot it entirely on a stage. And that totally Which makes sense. I didn't <laughs> yeah. know when I was watching yeah. it too. And I had a similar thought. And yeah. then I heard that and I was like, 
Yeah, no, that makes sense. I guess like Macbeth is supposed to be a play anyway. Yeah, yeah. So you obviously don't see them like moving the sets in and out. No. But they shot it entirely in the same. Every single set piece that you see in the movie was shot on the same stage, I believe. Wow. So like. That's crazy. And I had the same feeling. And I'm also not somebody who has like a, for any relationship really to Shakespeare, like, mm-hmm. you know, had to read a couple in high school, but like wasn't a particularly like yeah. great English student. And like, mm-hmm. but I was like, if they made every, if they adapted every Shakespeare play in like, like this that? style, I'd be like, I will watch this. Yeah. Make one a year where I'm like, okay, here's yeah. like, mm-hmm. you know, here's Hamlet. Here's like King totally. Lear. Here's like, you know, uh, Midsummer's Night Dream, like anything in that style, I'm like, mm-hmm. wow. And like, there were still. A, it's points. a high production, like, stage yeah. play at that point. Yeah. And it's like really great to, to watch, like, I mean, Denzel and like Francis McDormand, like, doing Shakespeare. I'm like, yeah, okay, I get why, like, people rave about it. And like, yeah. I was definitely lost at certain points. I'm like, I'm not really sure what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but overall, like, yeah. Having the visuals of it. Yep. Cause I've read it. Like mm-hmm. I read, like I, I bought all of the Shakespeare plays on like Kindle over the pandemic. Cause it was like five bucks for every nice. play. And I was like, Oh, wow. I should read some. Like I, I only yeah. read a couple in high school. Like I know a lot of yeah. movies and TV shows like use these themes, but when you're just reading the text, it's so difficult to remain like focused for me where I'm like, yeah, it's written in like an old, like, and I, I'm like having trouble following like what exactly. And then like, Seeing it on screen, still mm-hmm. sometimes like oh yeah, a little bit with like the the poetry of it, I was lost. But like having the visuals there to to guide me through like the story itself, yeah, I was like incredibly engaged and like mm-hmm. um, yeah, as it just kept going, I was like this rules like yeah. more and more as, yeah as the as it yeah. Um, two things I will say: Have you ever heard of the book series No Fear Shakespeare? No. Oh, dude, it's got. They're small books, so it's just the play, but on one side it has the Shakespeare dialogue, and on the other side it has it in plain English, line by line. Yeah, okay, that would be helpful for it's me. It's awesome. So. <laughs> That's why like, I get when people are like, yeah. I took a Shakespeare class in like college or something, where yeah. I'm like, yeah, that would be incredibly entertaining, mm-hmm. because there's so much to talk about mm-hmm. in every single text, but... Yeah. When you're just doing it on your own, it's it's difficult to it's be a, like, yeah. I don't have like, I'm not going to spend three hours like reading a spark notes version of like what's happening here now. Um, yeah. but yeah, no, I was very grateful for the, I thought they did a great job with the, this adaptation. Yeah. And Denzel was great. And I would say, and my second thing would be, I think that's why it's hard for me to s- like say, Oh yeah, Denzel best, best actors. Cause it's really hard to separate his performance, even though it is really good from that crazy Shakespeare dialogue to where it's like, Man, anybody saying that, like, it's just, it's so foreign to me that I can't really give it a fair shake. And that's why I'm not like, oh, I, he's definitely in the front runner, like, for me. Like, because it's just not the case. I, I need, I, for me to say somebody is, like, best actor, I need to know a little bit more about, like, the words they're actually saying. And, you know, and that dialogue is just so foreign to me that I just, I can't. I can't yeah, get behind. Like, I think that's entirely. I don't know. I just can't separate myself from it. So I would say, so yeah, that runs through all of them except for my number two, which would be Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom. 
and I loved that movie. I just recently watched it. I thought it was sick, and he was great in it, and I don't think he was better than Will Smith, but it was such a completely different kind of performance that I just have to throw that out. Like, he was great. I don't know. Cool. And that was a great movie. I cannot speak to it. I'm very reluctant to watch musical theater. Ah, you just uh, saw West Side Story. I though. did just watch West Side Story, and I did think it was pretty great. Uh, <laughs> I'm also a like Lin Manuel Miranda hater, so he is in it for less than two seconds. Well, of course he's in it. He directed, and he always has to put himself. So he's, he's like camera. Alfred Hitchcock of musical theater. Yeah, except Hitchcock doesn't really speak. He just kind of like hides in the background. He just kind of has. And his movies are. Way but anyways, <laughs> I'm just like kind of sick of Lin Manuel. So I was like, I'm not. I also it don't. Is, yeah. I don't know. I've rarely like. I kind of, I kind of don't get, I don't know. Andrew Garfield is never someone who I've seen a performance and been like, I'm totally on board with it, Mm. but I completely like get why people enjoy watching him on screen. Mm. But I think maybe I, maybe, and maybe this is just one where like, I'll watch this and feel like he's like perfectly cast, but I always feel like he's just like slightly miscast. Interesting. No, I think Almost, he's but maybe it's just that he like yeah. I feel like he's almost you can see which is like this is such a it's just a personal bias. I like feel mm. like I can see him acting as he's doing it. That's like I feel like he's trying really hard all the time, which like that's shouldn't be a bad thing. Like you should be trying hard at your job. <laughs> and like How especially if you want to win awards and How stuff. How dare he But I'm just that. kinda like and I've also I think it's just the movies that he's in. I have never yeah. like loved any of those movies. So like I Did don't you see Hacksaw Ridge? No. Oh man. But that's maybe I'm one. just like not watching the right Andrew Garfield movies. I would say there's a lot of well, we can get more into this later, but I like don't like any of the Spider-Man movies that he's in, and I don't think he's a good Spider-Man. And uh, I'm, you know, obviously it's not an issue anymore. But like Spider-Man: Far From Home, like also my qualms with that one are like, you know, just seeing that with the Tom Holland Spider-Man and everything like that. Like he's the least likable Spider-Man and I don't know why people Less are... than Tobey Maguire? I love Tobey Maguire. Yeah, I'm so just I'm kidding. Toby. Toby. We're all friends here. We're all cool. Come on. That's Come on just the show. An easy dig. Yeah, great. Yeah. Come on the show, Toby. We dare you. <laughs> we could talk about Seabiscuit for two hours. My mom loved Seabiscuit. <laughs> I only love the name Seabiscuit. Never seen it. Maybe because of the name. I, I was definitely, like, I don't know what's going on It was here. a movie we all rented one time and watched it. And I was just young and I was like, what? A, yeah, cool. Whatever. A great, great story. Like, it definitely got me. got to me. I mean, but I remember like my mom and my one uncle being like, oh, that, what a movie. And I'm like, okay, Seabiscuit. Oh, boy. Let's go. <laughs> Seabiscuit. So, yeah, that's Toby Maguire. Come on the show. Come on the show. That's what we're saying. Would that. love to talk to a member of the Pussy Posse because I know I can't get Leo on the show. And Lucas Haas, I don't really care about you. So, Toby Maguire, please, please come on the show. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Great. It's funny you. It's funny you mentioned Leo because you were saying how Andrew Garfield. You can see him acting. 
I think I mentioned this before where I feel like Leo's one of those people who is too famous for his own good. And I always just see him acting. I don't see who he's playing. But that's, that's okay. I'm not saying I don't see, I don't see the character as Andrew Garfield. Like, Oh, you see Andrew Garfield trying. Yes. I see him like he's, he's too earnest in a way that to me, I'm like, that feels fake. Like nobody actually cares that much. Right. But I think people Mm. do. And I'm Mm -hmm. just like very jaded and like pessimistic. I'm like, whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, like Leo, and like Will Smith, too, or like Will Smith, what I mean, I, I would love to see King Richard because mm-hmm. people who are that famous, mm-hmm. it's like nearly impossible for them to like, like yeah. you see Daniel Day-Lewis acting, and you're like, well, amazing. But that's also like, I, I'm aware that this is Daniel Day-Lewis yeah. the entire time. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, like Denzel is similar. Yep. You, because he has such a unique style and like delivery and like, he has such like a gravitas where you're like, it's, yeah, well, and it's it's incredible. Like that mm-hmm. doesn't bother me. It's mm-hmm. more that like I see Andrew Garfield trying to act his best, and I know he's acting his best. And I'm like mm-hmm. that the earnestness, which is like, yeah, that's it's not fair because that is technically a good quality. Like it's somebody who's trying hard yeah. and, and trying to be as best as they can be. But I think I, I want it to feel I, a little yeah. bit easier. Like you're like, yeah. Uh, Effortless. Yeah. But I think yeah. too, it is that like, maybe it's just the roles that he, like the movies that he's in don't often do much for me. And so like, mm-hmm. it does take a lot if you don't like a movie to begin with for like a performance yeah. to really stand out. Cause like, especially if it's a lead performance, if you, if you're not in it, if you're, you're not, in, yeah, like, that's all you have to like anchor you to that. Basically. Yeah. You know? And so, that's yeah. a lot to ask yeah. for sure. But there were a lot of, I mean, that's great. Maybe I have to watch Tick, Tick, Boom. Now. You know, from what you just, how you described it though, you probably hate it. So <laughs> just, <laughs> I'm just yeah. saying. It's okay. Some things are just not for <laughs> yeah. me yeah. and I know that and I, yeah, it's fine. Uh, it's yeah. You know, that's um, fine. Okay, great. Your soul died. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, a long time ago. <laughs> long time ago. Um, great. We I can, think that was it for Best Actor. That was it. Yeah. So we can just go right into our big Best Picture Yo. of the year. Um, oh, boy. This is loaded. Yeah, this is loaded. We're picking our like Why top ten nominees. Tens. Oh my god! But I think what we should do is like, if there's movies we've spent a decent amount of time on, which like in my top ten there are like a handful of those, mm-hmm. we can kind of go quickly through that. But then like the top three or four, I can really like hit on because I think like basically I have a top. I have like a couple tiers. I think like one through three, I'm like these are were definitely my three favorite movies of the year. Mm-hmm. And then I think there's like two after that where I'm like, these were incredible. Mm-hmm. And then like, I think the last five, I'm like, these were all, I love them, but they could go in any order. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. and we'll see, like if you need to spend, if you think like some of those are higher on your list, but like, okay, so my five through 10 in that could be like kind of in any order mm-hmm. are drive my car. Mm-hmm. French Dispatch, nice. The Lost Daughter, mm-hmm. the worst person in the world, mm-hmm. and then one that we didn't talk too much about, but we did mention was uh, Shiva Baby. Oh, Shiva Baby. Which I was like, this is a dark. It's a dark comedy, I guess, like dramedy comedy. That's mm-hmm. basically like right up my alley of like uncomfortable, awkward social situation. Yeah. Oh, and it is 
relentless. Yeah, and like it doesn't let up the premise. No, like no, it doesn't. And it's it's always just like us. It's basically yeah. You're at a shiva, which is like the you know post funeral morning, like basically awake, but mm-hmm. in the Jewish religion where like yeah, people come over and pay their respects and like. Mm-hmm. Um, this is sort of like the first day of it, I believe. And so there's like a lot of people there and the main character runs into someone from her, her life that, you know, their relationship is not a typical romantic or friend, like, and it's something that her parents don't know about. It's something her friends don't know about. (laughs) And it's something that like this guy, his family, his friends also don't know about. And it's just like this awkward navigation of how do we pretend to have just met each other? How do we not lead on that? Like we still have like very personal things we need to talk about, but now's not the time to bring them up. Literally the worst time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, there is that level of tension constantly. Um, And just like great. I mean, the dad is played by Fred Melamed, who's like... He's so good. Anytime he shows up, I'm like... Yes, exactly. (laughs) Ooh, a serious man reference, which... Yeah, a fantastic film. And yes. uh, And it's just... that. That's that's one where I was like... This is definitely the smallest movie, but it is on HBO Max. And I would like highly recommend... See it immediately. It is a. It's, it is not a tight ninety. It is a eighty. Yeah, friends. Oh yeah. Like it Anything is a seventy nine. You don't you have will... time for eighty minutes. You always have time. Yeah, and it's absolutely. Ooh. It's yeah. It's pretty hilarious. It all of it works. They don't overstay like the welcome of the premise. They're like, no. here's the premise of the movie. Yeah. They basically give it to you in like the least amount of time and information possible. And, and then just, you, you automatically get why this situation is so uncomfortable. Oh yeah. And you just have to sit there and be like, and they, oh, I don't they, know what I would they do. They just either. like double, triple, quadruple down on everything that could possibly like go, not go wrong, but just like, compound this awful awful scenario yeah like and it's like right and it's so funny because it's like awful i mean yeah different degrees for different characters yeah but again it's that thing of like high stakes but never like life or death stakes or like and never even like well maybe for some of the characters but like for the main main characters it's like never like even this will like ruin your life stakes it's like you're at this age and you think it will ruin your life stakes. Oh yeah. But you'll be like, fine. Like, so you'll be fine, that's why for me, I'm like, yeah, those kind of things I can watch from the perspective of like, I understand the uncomfortableness of the situation, yeah. but I, it, it's easier for me to laugh at because I know ultimately like that, that main character, like mm-hmm. she'll be fine. Oh yeah. Like, this could be horrible and like really uncomfortable for her to deal with for like a decent amount of time. Yeah. But it's never anything that's going to like completely derail her life in a way where like not anymore than it's already derailed. Exactly. (laughs) And it's just a ride and it's, yeah, it's really great. Um, but then my top five, which I think will start. Yeah. Number five is Dune. Dune, which just, again, just, gotta just watch dune gotta see it and gotta just get that second one in the yeah in the Which can. we spent a lot of time talking about dune when we talked about best director mm-hmm. um another one we did talk about with best director too which is my number four is the last duel 
Mm-hmm. Which I'm just like, I love a love some battle sequences, but love. I mean, you know, having recently love movie stars on screen: Matt love, Damon, Adam Driver, Ben Affleck with a weird goatee, dude. Ben Matt Damon with a horrendous haircut. I was gonna say both of them. It's both just like of them they're just like, like we should look as ugly as possible. And you're like, okay, you know what? we're handsome movie cool. stars. How can we? How can we not be? Yeah, and I see, I see Ben Affleck with blonde hair and a blonde goatee, and I'm like, yeah, that's a. It's it's that's barely. A guy I went to high school with. It's like barely even a goatee. It's more of like a long soul patch, and you're just like, that's horrible. Yeah. I see. Yeah, that's the guy who died. That's like, yeah, that was my best friend. Yeah, like, exactly. But I'm like, His also, I'm just like, I can tell yeah. you're a movie star. I see you under there. Uh, <laughs> yes. And I think like Jodie Comer is incredible in that too. She and is like, really good. I love to. It's another like, robbery in the not. Yeah, true. Now she was on the shortlist for like of uh, honorable mentions for me too. But I think mm-hmm. it's like, right. So I guess the premise of the last duel is, you know, there's an inciting incident. And you see the story from three different people's perspectives. Mm -hmm. And I think like a lot of times that would be shown as very dramatic changes from like story to story. Also maybe unbearingly repetitive. Yeah. It can go both ways. There's like, right. You either see it too often and like by the third time you're like, okay, we know why you wasting time showing me this. Mm -hmm. Or you're like, the changes are so insane. You're like, what happened? Mm-hmm. But I think like they're subtle enough here. where like, it's pretty clear what actually happened by the end of it. Like you were like, I know yes. which story to believe. Absolutely. But the subtlety in the differences from perspective to perspective on like how characters perceive themselves and each other is like, there's enough differences to for us to understand that, but it's subtle enough for you not to be like, it's not thrown in your face. Like you have no. to be paying attention to be like, ah, and you learn so much about each character because of that. Yes. Um, and then by the time it, yeah. And it gets to the end and you're like, yeah, no, I kind of, yeah, there's really only, I think one way to read the actual events of what happened to the characters. Mm. Um, but it's really interesting to me, like, yeah, the way that each character is perceived differently from each story. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I just really loved it. I think they did a, such a great job at being like, you know, here's the series of events. Here's everybody's perceptions of them. And even though you, like, it's called The Last Duel. So they're going to be a duel. But, like, the the stakes of the movie very much rest on that. Like the stakes, the the fate of the characters, I should say, very much rest on that. But the tension of the movie does not. Because even if you think you know how the duel ends up, no matter who's going to win or lose, you're like, there are still very, there, the, the outcome is still like wrought with tension. It's not like one solves, like one outcome solves everything, you know? And I think that's what's so cool about it is because it's like, you know, oh, it could be built up in such a way where it's like, oh, if I find if it could be ruined for me, if I know who who wins the duel, it's like, no, it can't. It yeah. doesn't matter. Like, no, that's, so, that's you know, true. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's really interesting point. Like the right. The stakes of the movie mm-hmm. are like not specific to the duel itself. Mm-hmm. Like the duel is 
the bookend of the movie. Like you see it yeah. first and then you see it last. Mm-hmm. Um, and in between you see each chapter like of what led up to the duel. But you're right. Like who wins or loses the duel doesn't actually matter. Yeah. And it it's, actually like your hopes of who wins or loses changes throughout the movie. Oh, yeah. And it's like it's another added layer of just. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's crazy. It's, it's a very like cool way to go about something that's like with a very clear outcome that you're like, oh, I'm still on the edge of my seat here, you know? Yeah. No. And I, yeah, I just think it's, again, it's something that like completely got bypassed when it was released. Ugh. And I think it's something that like people are going to find. Hopefully. Yeah. Oh, we're, we're just being like, you want a great action movie. You mm-hmm. want like something that's going to be engaged. You want like a good character story. Like it basically has all of it. Like, yeah, it's something you can just put on. And because I think it's told in chapters, like mm-hmm. going back to like rewatch it, I know like I can watch like 40 minutes at a time. Like I don't mm-hmm. have to watch the entire thing at once anymore. Like mm-hmm. because each story is captivating in its own right. So like true. If yeah. I have an hour at the end of the night and I like, I don't want to start something new. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm more than happy to put on like one of the chapters of the last yeah. duel and like work my way through it that way. Like, yeah. because every part of it was yeah. entertaining and like it, 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 it feels like each chapter was the perfect length for that story. And then like, as soon as it was maybe starting to lose a bit of momentum in each one, it switched perspective mm-hmm. and it just like reset that yeah. like that flow. And you're like, okay, great. Like mm-hmm. start back. To wind like, up yeah. The clock again. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, so that was my number four. Nice. And great number day. three is uh red rocket. Oh yeah. I love this. Like I watching it, I was like, Oh, I really like this. I'm like highly mm-hmm. entertained by it. Mm-hmm. It's really difficult for me to pinpoint like what I loved about it. It's just a good time. Yeah. And it's weirdly like a good time because it's not any characters I would ever want to hang out with. God, no, it's not a, <laughs> no, it's not a location di- I would ever want to hang out in. Shout out to wherever the, yeah. Like Texas it's basically like yeah. a town somewhere near Galveston, Texas, like on yep. the Gulf coast, but way smaller. Mm-hmm. And then and I'm definitely like, not on the coast. No part of that movie <laughs> yeah. do I want to be a part. Like, I'm like, I don't want to hang out with those people. I don't want to be here. Like, yeah, but it is just like, I was having a great time the whole time. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't hurt that they used like a pop song from our youth, like in bye, bye, bye. That's like, Oh yeah. That instantly recognizable yeah. and instantly gets like stuck in your head. Mm-hmm. And like, I think Sean Baker, the director and writer does like a great job of like, I think that it start the movie starts with the song mm-hmm. and then you see the main character like riding a shitty bike through like this town. And then it comes back at uh, another point in the movie in like a legitimately like meaningful way. Oh yeah, dude. Like a cover of bye bye bye. And I think like oh. that pulp, it's, it's a weird pop culture time because the movie is, I'm pretty sure like set in present day. I but they're so. using their main cultural reference is a reference from like almost 20 years ago. Yeah. And you're yep. like something about it feels it would feel weird if like that was like the cultural reference in a contemporary movie but because of who the characters are that you're watching like they're mm-hmm. so stuck in a specific time and in a yes. place that like Well, the his his yeah 
like life seemed to have stopped and then started again in this same place about that long ago. Yeah. That's so it's almost one. like they're bringing it back to like, oh yeah, he's frozen in this specific time of yeah. his life, you know? Damn. That's, I think you nailed it. I th- And I think the use of like, yeah, bye 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 is such a specific pop song. It, like yeah. everybody, there's yeah, a yeah. dance. Like everybody knows that choreography when they say bye. Like, mm-hmm. and yeah, totally worked. I just, I really loved Red Rocket. Yeah, I, yeah, it was great. I like I said, I don't fully understand like what I was watching sometimes or like why. Like I, I'm always like inherently just like, what's this? supposed to be about like i you know not that i want to be like that pretentious or anything but it's no. just like my Sometimes, mind just goes yeah, I'm, like, inter- like, I'm like what are they like this is a, a pretty re- like i heard a lot about it i didn't it wasn't like it's not oscar bait by any means but it's like i heard a lot about it i'm like oh and it's sean baker and i love tangerine and i love florida project and i'm like oh where like is does this have like so is it gonna be the next florida project like what's going on here and for me, I was just like kind of looking for that in it and to whatever I experienced it. Like, I don't think I gathered anything greater than the sum of its parts. No. Even though it like definitely like there was some character development there, like a character arc or like some very flawed, like damaged, like characters going on and experiencing certain things. But I didn't find like a deeper meaning in it than what was on screen and that's the only reason i'm like oh yeah it was just a good time and it was great and that's about all i can say about it yeah yeah no like and i think it makes sense because i don't think the main character in the movie at any point is like looking for a deeper meaning in his life oh that's you're probably right which why i think like it was something where like i was totally fine leaving the movie and being like there doesn't need to, like no he wouldn't sure. think about this any deeper but yep. he's like that's not who we're following and here, he's yeah. in like he keeps putting himself in like horrible situations oh man but he seems to be having a great time all the time like yeah he seems to just have like he's so almost like aloof and like he's very much uh, like a hustler yeah and- but misplaced confidence like yeah he's not good at any of the things that he does like except for dealing drugs it seems yeah he was pretty good at dealing drugs yeah but that didn't seem that hard in this town honestly that's also true like they doubted just, him the only reason I they say did is like, doubt him yeah. but i think it's just that they didn't trust him they were like yeah. you'll smoke all of these drugs and he yeah. was probably like yeah but and yeah. i actually thought that he was going to but then he Same. actually ended up being pretty good at his job yeah. which and like he is a former porn star and it seemed like he was relatively good at that. Yeah. But he was always like glomming on to like the women around him. Yes. Which like I, is very much. And like he was mm, never thinking beyond the present. Yes. Which is why like I think I left the movie being like I had a really good time mm-hmm. and I don't need to think about it that oh, yeah. much deeper. But like it has stuck with me in a way where I'm like, damn, like that was one of the most entertaining. Like it's sometimes nice to be entertained and not be like, Oh, like what did that mean? It's like, yeah, this guy's just kind of like a fuck up and like, (laughs) yeah, he's like bad, bad, like boyfriend, bad ex husband, like bad friend, like all these things. And you're just like, you know, but I was highly entertained by, by him for like an hour and 45 minutes. (laughs) For sure. He, to what you're saying about him, like not like 
thinking of like, he just lives in the present. Right. So it's like, he's really, he's like, he's good at anything he's doing in the present for the most part. Like he's like to that degree, he's a hustler or whatever, but like, he's not thinking any more steps ahead than that. So that's why he fails. Yeah. It's like, that's why he's a, you know, kind of a fuck up is like, he's good at what he's doing, but he's does, he doesn't even know why he's doing it. No. You and know? you know, you're watching him being like, I know this isn't going to work out for you. Yeah. But he, you see like, you see him. So he's hopeful. so convinced that yeah. everything he's doing is like going to be the thing. Mm hmm. And but you're watching him being like, there's no way. And he's also just not a good. This person. isn't gonna. Yeah, you're like, so, this isn't gonna last. Yeah. And you don't feel bad being like, this is. You're not like yeah. sitting there being like, oh, like I really don't want him to get to the point where he's like down and out on his luck. Yeah. You're like, no, this isn't gonna work. And I'm kind of interested to see like how he deals with it when it happens yeah. because like you're like, is he gonna realize like the fault of his ways or is he just going to keep doing his thing? Yeah. And for the most part, he just like kind of keeps doing his thing, yeah. which makes it like incredibly entertaining. Yeah. Uh, and like, yeah, didn't make me feel like you don't have to sit there at the end of it and be like, damn, I really feel for these characters. You're just like, nah. no, that was great. Had a good time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So my, that's yeah. my number three, Red Very Rockets. Nice. Very nice. Uh, and my number two is a movie called Summer of Soul which I don't know if you've seen its documentary about no quest love directed it. And like, it's about basically like, um, film fest or a music festival in Harlem in 1969, like the same summer that Woodstock was happening. Uh huh. And they took, it was every Friday at a park in Harlem, like incredible artists, like, musicians they'd have like comedians sometimes but it was like a mm -hmm. celebration of like black culture in new york at the time and they filmed it all and then no tv stations or anything wanted the footage whoa and so it just sat in like a safe basically or like a attic or something for like yeah. what is that like yeah 50 years almost and someone like was like we have all this archival footage like what do we do with it mm -hmm. so like quest love was like you know great musician in his own right but like a really good curator of music like mm -hmm. he's big mm -hmm. in like playlists and like setting up like dj sets and stuff and so mm -hmm. he he worked with a an editor and like they put all this footage together from like an entire summer of like you're seeing like young stevie wonder like sly and the family stone like gladys knight like all these incredible performances and it's not just they do more than just like show you the concert footage of like look at all these amazing like it's it's exciting and like thrilling to be like watching these people perform live like mm -hmm. and like a park that just has like a hundred thousand people like completely maxed out and then they have some artists that they're watching themselves perform and they have some people who are there as children that their like parents took them to this festival mm -hmm. watching the footage from this almost having like these revelations of like we knew that we performed here like we knew that we saw this happening but for so long like the footage was never anywhere no one people just didn't talk about it as if like it didn't happen mm -hmm. and the validation of seeing like this celebration of their culture on screen and like the happiness yeah. of all the people there and like the music is incredible. The emotion and like, it was one of the more like overwhelming experiences I had at a theater, like Whoa. this inspiration of art, but also like 
this validation of people being like, there are artists who are literally like, um, watching themselves perform Mm -hmm. being like, um, there's one artist I'm trying to think like they sing, um, you know, like that song, the age of Aquarius and like, let the sun shine in. Yeah. They're the fifth dimension. That's their name. They were a band who like were made up of like four black members, but they sort of had like, they didn't have like, they weren't cool in the black community at that time. Like Mm. they had a slightly more like musical sense of like style and their songs were more like that way. And they performed at this festival Mm. and Aquarius like really took that song, like really took off after this. And like, they performed not knowing that like how they would be received by the crowd and they were entirely like embraced and like people were incredibly like thankful and like happy and like just celebrating this music. Mm -hmm. And they, for like 40 years, didn't see the performance, didn't know what happened to the footage. Like, and you're watching two of the members of the band watch this concert happening Mm -hmm. and just becoming like flooded with emotion of like how proud they were to like celebrate, like be celebrated by their community and be accepted and like, be like, we really had something special here. Yeah. And it's just that for like two hours of like people being like, this was incredible. This meant so much to us. Like we almost can't believe that it was real. And now we're being showed that it actually was real. Like, people who were there were like telling stories of like this happened and other people being like that didn't happen. Like, you know, like Mm -hmm. you're probably like mixing up memories. Like you saw them somewhere else or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's just like, yeah, I think it's on Hulu now too. And it's just like, it's called summer of soul. And it's just like an incredible celebration of like music. Amazing. And and there's just like, they, they do such a brilliant job of tying in the civil rights movement at the time as well without, it feeling heavy handed or anything like mm-hmm. it totally makes sense with the way that it's edited together and like the music and like the point of this festival in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's my number two. That was Ooh. like, I also did see it as one of like the first movies back in theaters when theaters open. Mm-hmm. And I think like that, that definitely helped of like just yeah. being happy to be back in the theater again yeah, and being like elating experience and like yeah. watching like incredible musicians and like uh-huh. people just like laughing and like crying and like celebrating and being like, this is such a beautiful time. And I was like, Oh yeah, that ruled. So yeah. that's my number two. And my number one is the movie that we talked about earlier where I like fist pumped in the theater. Oh Yeah. The power of the dog. Power of the, the power D-O-G. of the dog. Um, yeah, I've seen a lot of like praise for the movie and like people respect it, and it's nominated for a bunch of awards. But I think like mm. I heard something recently where like I think people respect Power of the Dog, but I don't know that like anyone truly loves it. Well, hmm. I truly love it. I we got a true fan in the house. I literally was like sitting in the theater and like the dude the twist were sit- at the you're end sitting in the theater like a freaking crossfire commercial yeah. like yeah. crossfire yeah yeah i was just like sitting there being like i'm really like immersed in this world and i will admit for like a good portion of the movie i was like where is this going like what Same. what is happening yeah. like is there going to be something significant or is it just kind of like this pensive story of like maybe you know uh, 
misplaced masculinity or just like yep. uncomfortable yeah, masculinity or like people have been trying just and like that. And yeah, it and it would have been yeah. good. Yep. And then there's something that happens towards the end where there's like a bit of a twist, but a twist in a way that like sometimes you can feel like you've had the rug pulled out from under you mm-hmm. and you're shocked in the moment. So mm-hmm. you're like, oh, that was a really good twist. Yeah. And then the more you think about it, you're like, well, they didn't really give me any clues. Like, mm-hmm. I couldn't have guessed. It doesn't fully make sense. Like, stuff is off. Mm-hmm. But with Power of the Dog, the more I thought about what happened, the yeah. more it just, like, I was like, well, that definitely makes sense. Like, yeah. they... They laid the they, groundwork. They laid the groundwork. Yeah. And they also, like, it it casts everything that you just saw in a new light too yeah in a way that feels like earned because they did lay that groundwork Mm -hmm. and so like when i kind of like i know some people i know i've heard i've heard some people be like well i i guess the like twist relatively i was like okay cool like that's fine Mm -hmm. which is great and i'm someone that watches so many movies that i usually feel like i know the twist Mm -hmm. and i caught it but like i caught it like a minute before they revealed it and as I was like sitting there being like, oh, this is what happened. Mm-hmm. And then they like, they don't even straight up tell you. They just also kind of hint at it like a couple of times. So you have to also sit there yeah. being like, oh, did that actually happen? And when like they hint at it the second time, I was like, oh yeah, that actually happened. Oh yeah. I just like silently You're like, sat there and just like pumped my fist in the air. I was like, eat this is cinema baby <laughs> i'm back the movies are back <laughs> uh and oh, yeah that man. is like hands down my like best experience at the movies this year and you know what i thought would have made yeah. that movie better is if they gave it the saw treatment and uh at the end they would have done a quick <laughs> cut of all the clues you missed that led up to yeah. the twist set to like some like butt rock heavy metal thing. <laughs> I think they did that um, at the end of Sharp Objects too. Like, oh, did you ever see that series? No, Which like I, I really love. I really love. I think Sharp Objects is great, but there's a part at the end where they like revealed. Oh. They revealed the secret of like who done it, and then there's just like a thirty second montage set to like what feels like metal like basically like chopped and screwed like metal music where yeah. it's like and it's like and it's just like flashes of like yep. the character that they just yep. revealed did it doing everything and you're just like guess what audience you're too fucking stupid and i'm like i guess th- i'm like that stuff. was kind of sick <laughs> yeah. but also i'm just like that's a lot like i didn't need yeah. it like totally takes you out of the tone of you're like whoa yeah uh oh and yeah power of the dog just like kind of does it does mm. it it does the twist it does like the thing but if you're not fully like paying attention you can it's so easy to miss i think which so, is why sure. i'm like always slightly hesitant to tell people to like watch this at home and i'm like you have to actually pay attention yeah this is not a on your phone no movie because then like it doesn't feel if you're like in and out of out of um like attentiveness with it, Mm -hmm. it's not going to feel like they laid the groundwork enough. And then also you're going to get to the end. And if you like pick up your phone at the wrong time, you're going to miss the subtleties of like the hints of what happened. And then you're just going to kind of be like, yeah, I guess that was just like a movie about like 
to like a few cowboys like not really understanding who they were and like not being yeah. able to express their sexuality or like yep. their masculinity in the way that they wanted to. Oh, but it was so much more than that. Yeah, yeah exactly. So I think I uh, to that, I feel like it would behoove everybody... I don't know if like every movie you watched at home, like really was a foreign film that required subtitles. Cause you can't look away from a movie that has subtitles cause no. you need to know what's going on. You do. It's like, it's, it's, we need something to like force, force you to put the phone down, you know? Cause like a lot of things that I love so much about like a lot of movies is like, especially like horror movies and stuff. Like just think of like the jump scare. If you're on your phone, it ain't gonna get you. So no. what's the point? So it's like right, the jump scares you know, over the second the person jumps. Out. Yeah, exactly. if you see it a second too late, you're yeah, just you're like, like huh? okay. All you hear yeah. is like a noise, like burnt, and yeah. like it's done. Yeah, yeah. So I I I'm a big proponent of just like it's hard. Like it's really hard. Oh, There's it's so really many hard. distractions, but it's just like I, especially when watching movies like that, like drive my car. Like that was a long time to be without my phone, but I made myself do it. It was long, but I'm glad I stuck with it and I got that much more of a cinematic experience yeah. out of it. You and know? if you're at so. home, you can like pause it. Exactly. Run. But if it's like right in front of you while you're watching something like Drive My Car or Power the Dog, like mm-hmm. because those are those there are like long stretches in that movie where like seemingly nothing's yeah, you're like, I can sneak a peek, and then yeah, all of a the sudden... Yeah, the plot's, like, like oh. not happening, right? And you're like, oh, I'll just, like, check my phone mm-hmm. real quick. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you've, like, spent five minutes reading, like, Twitter or you're on yeah. Instagram, and then you, like, look up again, and you're like, what happened? What just happened, yeah. Um, But, yeah, I think, like... I don't know. Power of the Dog, yeah, just was really... Few movies, like, make me f- be, like... Yes, like mm-hmm. I've never, not that I've like never seen this before, but that like. Well, you've also never seen Starship Troopers. So that's I, true. <laughs> I'm missing out. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like it never, because I've I watched so many movies and like, you know, there are a ton of movies where I'm like that was great, but like few things really surprised me, mm-hmm. and I felt like Power of the Dog like surprised me with in a way that felt earned. It's like mm-hmm. you can, and it's how I feel like it's a totally different like speed than like a Soderbergh, like heist movie, like oceans 11 oh, or yeah. something. But like, you know, in a lot of those movies, you know, you're watching something in motion and like happening, mm-hmm. but you're not a hundred percent sure there. At least like you're more clear of the goal in those movies, but like mm-hmm. then they kind of show you, bits and pieces here or there so you can like put the pieces together and be like okay that was i see how that was done oh yeah we're like power of the dog does it linearly but they like they purposefully don't show you they show you things without feeling the need to explain them to you Mm -hmm. so that when it gets to the end you can put all the visual pieces together. Which like, is so much more rewarding. They trust you yeah. to be smart enough yes. to figure out what happened. Yes. And like, I'm unlike not saying saw, it's unlike like... Unlike a Saw movie that cuts it all together. Exactly. It's like, you remember? It's like, yeah, like, no. and they very easily could have been like, this happened, and you're like, yes, if this is your thought, you're right, and here we'll just show you real quick to confirm. Like, mm-hmm. where, Yeah. I thought like, and it's not like, it's not, this is not to say that it's like 
overly complicated or complex. It's just that I think like that it's done so subtly and like at a slow enough pace Mm -hmm. where it's easy. And then like you're consumed with these interpersonal relationships of the characters in the Mm -hmm. movie where you, you almost forget basically like the point of the story until they get to the end. And that's when you're like, it's a big magic. Oh yeah, trick. I just like fr- yeah. yeah. It's it is. Yeah. It's deception of like yeah. You th- we're gonna tell you you're watching one thing. Mm-hmm. Then we're gonna show you a lot of what you think is a different thing. Mm-hmm. And then at the end we're gonna remind you that it's been one thing the whole time. Yeah. Uh, and there are a lot of like really like you and I also love it because yeah you can really look into like the themes of it if you want to. Um, but as just like a pure, like. Yeah, magic trick of a movie. I'm like, this mm. works on every level. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I just really love Power of the Dog. Well, all right, then. Power of the Dog, number the dog. numero uno. Matt, for I know you've yeah. got some extras you want to talk about, some additional thoughts. And oh, yes, I definitely did not. I definitely didn't do a top ten. That's good, because we've already gone quite long and you've chimed in on i mean i think we overlap this year on like if not like numerical order but a lot of things that we both really loved and felt the need to talk about yeah i feel like so that's the majority of what i have left because i didn't do i didn't do a um i didn't do my own custom top 10 perfect um so i can react to the top 10 nominees and then I can kind of insert my own, but then I have like a couple other categories that I want to talk about, things that are very close to my heart. And I think we should take a break, make another drink, and get into it. Let's do it. 